In Proverbs 31, verses 10 to 31 here in a moment. It's Proverbs 31. We're finishing up our sermon series on Ruth. And the next week is Advent. Christmas season is upon us. But before we... uh, jump and read into this text. I'm going to get the help from the kids again to get, to get the other side of the equation. So I asked the kids to come up and uh, <laughs> see if you can help me answer some questions. So just come up and, and grab a seat. And we'll, we want to, This morning we're talking about what does a godly woman look like? How does knowing God shape a woman's character? And so we want to hear what you guys have to think. I'll, I'll sit down again so I don't hover. All right. So I'll just throw that question out there. What should a, what should, what do you think of a woman? What should she be like? Caring. Caring. Good. What else? Kind. Kind. Mature. Mature. So that, that theme came up again. That was last week as well. <laughs> Anything else? Faithful. Faithful. Let me put it this way. What do you like about your mom? Now you have to say something. <laughs> she likes blue. <laughs> she's willing to make dinner for us every night. Yeah, she t- makes dinner every night. That's a sacrifice. It's hard work. Trustworthy. Trustworthy. Uh-huh. Reliable. Reliable. Are there any women that you look up to that you think, you know, like a hero, somebody that's worth imitating? Who? Your mom? Good answer. <laughs> what about outside of the church? Susan B. Anthony. Susan B. Anthony? Okay. What about her? Apart from her face on the dollar. What about those pumpkins outside? <coughs> Excuse me. The pumpkins? <laughs> yeah. You know, what we're going to talk about this morning is that there is a woman in the Bible that everybody is supposed to imitate and learn from. And her name is Wisdom. So it's saying Wisdom is like a person, a woman, that we're all supposed to learn from in Proverbs. And that what if you don't hear anything else today, you're going to hear that Wisdom became a person and his name is Jesus. And he's the one who shows us what godly character looks like. And it's going to apply to men and women. And so if you want to know... You know, the Bible says, men, we need to imitate Jesus as the, the true and better Adam. We're, everybody, so as well, is supposed to imitate Jesus, uh, the, the, better, the better wisdom, the true wisdom. So I just want to plant that seed. So if you hear anything else, it's, it's about Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Well, let's, let's read Proverbs. I mean, you, you heard these ideas, these themes of what, when kids think of women, and they want to know what, what a woman should be like, they think of their mothers. You can't help but, but do that. And so let's read Proverbs 31. This is God's Word. And this is, this is a mother saying, what's the perfect woman look like for my son, the king? 
It says, an excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will let lack, have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She's like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it, and with the fruit of her hand she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hand to the distaff, her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor, and she reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, which is appropriate. For all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. And this is God's word. It's absolutely true, and he gives it to you because he loves us. Let's pray. Oh, Father, you are good. And we're good that you reveal to us not only what uh, you are like, but what you re require of us. And so I pray this morning uh, that you would help us see how we need men and women together to reflect your image. And that as we see how the gospel changes women, you would teach us all how to live in light of your wisdom that we see lived out in Jesus. So Holy Spirit, we ask you to come and teach us. We ask for your help in Jesus' name. Amen. I know when you start a sermon on Proverbs 31, well, you can just Google it, actually. Uh, the majority of the first ones that came up when I did were, oh no, not another sermon on Proverbs 31. <laughs> we're tired and we know we don't measure up. Please don't. Please no more. Um, yeah, just reflecting the reality, I think that, the, I mean, I know where my wife is at is raising kids and trying to keep up with me. And it's just women are tired. You know, this, this past summer, a book came out called Present Over Perfect leaving behind frantic for a simpler, more soulful way of living. And just, just a title like that, it, it's already on the New York Times bestseller list. Christians and non-Christians, women, are tired. And so, as I jump into this, I'm well aware <laughs> of what I'm doing. We're, it's connected to Ruth. I'll show you how it's connected to Ruth. But generally, I know this is how this text is used, that in America, this is saying, here's a godly woman how do you measure up? Here's the standard. And I mean, she's just woman, superwoman. There's nothing she can't do, is what we just read. I mean, in worst case scenarios, you might have heard it used to say the, the ideal woman is in the home, she's married. Which stinks if you're single. 
right? Or it's used as a checklist to evaluate your life. Here's the woman who can do everything, right? You've seen the picture of Rosie the Riveter, I can do it. <laughs> it's a crushing burden. And so I, we need help to, to understand why this proverb is in here and that it is a proverb. And how do you read Proverbs? Because one of the things Jesus tells us that if we come to him and we learn from him in his word, it's supposed to give us rest. And so if you leave here and you feel more beaten up than when you, you came, that means I did something wrong. Because <laughs> Jesus says, if you come to me, come all who are heavy laden, who are weary and tired, and learn from me, learn my wisdom, and I will give you rest. And so we got to figure out how to get that, how to, how to read Proverbs 31 before we can talk about how the gospel changes women. And so let's look at it. The first point is our, our modern problems with Proverbs 31. I, I think the big idea is that the people read Proverbs 31 like it's part of God's law. And we do that in general with Proverbs. There's, there's all kinds of, it's wisdom literature. There are all kinds of great ideas as to how you should live your life but it's wisdom, it's not law. Right? It's generally true, but not true all the time in every circumstance and every place. As in, you have to do this. Like, love God, love your neighbor. That is law. Wisdom says, how do you put that into practice? And so we got to distinguish. What is the difference between law and wisdom? Because this is wisdom, it's not law. I mean, you can think of train a child uh, in the correctly and you know and they'll, they'll they'll turn out okay in the end right i just totally butchered the the quote but it's it's well it's famous in christian circles today if you do the right thing if you raise your kid right they'll turn out christians now there's some truth to that if you teach your kids if you discipline them if you share the gospel with them god generally works through families but it's not a promise to say that it is, will, it is true all the time in every place, in every circumstance, for every kid. That's not how it works. You see, wisdom and law are different. You could think of a sports analogy. I, was, I know this is a sermon to women, but I taught girls basketball uh, poorly, <laughs> I might add. Um, yeah, I wanted to notice was teaching these kids, how do you play basketball? And I was also helping out with the middle school guys and in the middle of a game, I watched this play happen repeatedly of where the boy got the ball at the foul line, and every time he turned to shoot, the defender jumped out of his shoes to try and block it. And so the next time out, I said, hey, buddy, you need to pump fake. And to which he said, I have no idea what that is. I said, pump fake, just pretend to shoot. And so he'll jump, and you can dribble around him, and you shoot, and you get an open shot. You know, and he actually took my advice. <laughs> and he pump faked, and... The defender jumped, and he was able to dribble around and get an open shot, and I'd love to say he made it, but he didn't. <laughs> but he, you know, the light bulb came on. Wisdom is saying, I know I need to score, and how do I get there? Wisdom's knowing what to do at the right time to live successfully, to live well in God's world. And when what we do with wisdom, and when we make it law in the basketball terms, you say, you need to pump fake every time. It's not going to make you that good of a basketball player. The defender's going to figure it out. And so when you come to something like Proverbs 31, 
that it's at the end of the book, it's the end of a book on wisdom, we need to come with the right lenses and the right expectations because what the author of the scriptures is doing is saying here is a godly woman who, are, who is doing things well. Here's the ideal. Right? It's, it's, it's a full-orb picture of godliness, of what women can be like, women in general, not one woman all the time. Does that make sense? And the law says... Love God, love your neighbor. Wisdom is being fleshed out here as a woman, doing it well in the different places that God has put her. And so this is, this is the big point. I mean, you're saying I'm trying to be sensitive to the reality. We cannot use Proverbs 31 as a checklist to say this is exactly how you must be if you're going to measure up as a godly woman. I mean, one, you won't be able to, and you're just going to feel terrible all the time. And two, that's not how God intended it to be used. And I can prove it to you. Just look at Ruth. All right? Her children will rise up and call her blessed. Well, she was barren. She had no children at the point when Boaz called her a worthy, an excellent woman. Because right? that's Ruth 3.11. She is a single woman. Uh, Boaz... Turns to, F turns to her in response to her request for marriage, her demand for marriage, and says, everybody in the town knows you are an excellent woman. It's the same words used here in, in Proverbs 31.10. An excellent woman, an excellent wife, it might say in your Bible. The Hebrew word for woman can be used w as woman or wife, depending on the context. Right? This is what I'm trying to show you. If, if Ruth is is the only woman in the whole Bible, in the Old Testament, who's called an excellent woman, who's used this descriptor. Right? This, this is something different, because she cannot, if you run down the checklist, she's not going to fulfill all of these. Right? She was a Moabite. She didn't fear the Lord her whole life. She, she was a widow who lost her husband. She didn't have any money to buy anything. She was faithful where the Lord put her. That's, that's what Proverbs 31 is, is talking about. Because right? I know ordinarily we don't see that connection between uh, Ruth and Proverbs 31, but that's, that's how the Hebrew Bible was set up. I've talked about this before, that uh, Jesus hints at it. That the, Bible, the Old Testament's divided into three categories in the Hebrew world. The law, the writings, and the prophets. And Proverbs and Ruth in the Hebrew Bible are put right next to each other. So you got this, an excellent woman, she's hard to find, where is she? And then you get the book of Ruth as the answer. Here's an example of, of wisdom lived out. And then you get Song of Solomon as he pursues a worthy woman. They're, right, they're all right there together. All right, so you can run through it. Think of Ruth. She's a hard worker. Uh, she provides for her household, who happens to be her mother-in-law at the time. She models wisdom. She teaches how to love. I mean, she gives one of the most intense statements of I will never leave you nor forsake you uh, between people that you can find in, in, in the scriptures. The book of Ruth ends with her being praised in the city gates. She is a woman who is of more value than seven sons. And so... The Proverbs 31 woman, according to the scriptures, is a woman who is faithful in all the circumstances that God has placed her. 
whether you're single or married. So I'm not going to restrict this just to marriage. It's, it's, it's a woman, a godly woman. All right? and you can add to this. It's not only just Ruth is a great example of this. It's Proverbs 31 is a poem. It's an acrostic poem. You can't see it in the English. You know what an acrostic is? You can find one on the back of our bulletin. Uh, learning God's word and interacting in worship. Fostering loving relationships and extending God's hope. It's, it's a whole bunch of lines where the letters line up and form a word. Well, the way that our text does it, it starts every line with a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So if you, you can look at Psalm 119 for another example. It's probably organized. A lot of the newer Bibles will organize it that way for you. And so this is what this woman, that seems like the king, the king's mother is saying, here's the kind of woman you should look for. And she's just making a bullet list, starting with the Hebrew letters and saying, here is an ideal woman. All right, so the f- first letter, A, starts with woman. <laughs> the second one, she's trustworthy. She, she works hard. She seeks. It's part of her character. I mean, it, it, she's just going down the line. To, to get her son to think about this is the kind of qualities you want to see in a woman if you're going to marry her. It's, it's a great way to say, I want to slow down and think about character. Right, kids, you can do this for your mom. Write out her name, right, and then take the first letter of her, each letter of her name, and, and write a sentence that begins with that letter just to let her know what you think of her. It's just a nice thing to do. Right? It's, it, it's praising your, your mother. And so as we jump, put all this together, I want you to see that Proverbs 31 is, is a poem. It's wisdom literature. It's, it's trying to get us to slow down and think about godly character in general, of wisdom being put to, put to work um, as a woman. And the picture is that it, a woman who fears the Lord is, is somebody who will be wise, who will know how to live well in God's world, guided by God's word. And you have 22 different pictures of it, and which is great because if you look at it, there's different, all kinds of really down-to-earth pictures. I love what the kids said. You know, my mom makes dinner every night. That's a godly woman. She providing for the family, the household. The way it'd be different for Ruth. She had to provide for her mother-in-law. Right? You know, she's concerned about putting food on the table. She's ready for winter. She's worried about the bank account, selling fields, you know, working hard. You get all these different pictures of how wisdom ought to be to be worked out, and it's up to us to say, what are the principles that apply to us here today? And how do we put them to work? You know, what are the principles that, are, that apply in our culture, across all cultures, because it's God's word? Let's learn wisdom. All right? And so I just want to encourage you. This is a great, it's, I want you to encourage, be encouraged. This is a, it is a great thing that this is part of the scriptures, that we are told to praise the women in our lives. Right? Men, we're called to praise the women in our lives as men, as as a church, we're called to be thankful for the women who, who 
often put us men to shame with their service in the church. Do, do you do that? <laughs> do you praise your wife or do you, or do you only focus on the negatives? And according to Proverbs 31, we should focus on the basics. Celebrate the fact that she's a believer, that she fears the Lord, that she knows Jesus. I mean, just that simple thing is a, well, it's something that gets the angels in heaven to rejoice about. If you have a woman in your life who, who has faith in Christ, who's repented, angels in heaven rejoice over a sinner who repents. That's a phenomenal thing. Right? Celebrate the mundane with your, with, your, with your wife, with your friends. That there's food on the table. She's working hard to get the kids out the door and be clean and to be dressed and presentable. She gets out of bed in the middle of the night to take care of the kids. I mean, that's my wife, <laughs> so I'm praising her. You know, or celebrate her kindness to others. It's going to look like hospitality. Open-handedness towards the needy, not being uh, particular about what kind of people come into their lives because they're different, hospitable towards others, these kind of things. That's what this Proverbs is about, to run through the list and say what, what pieces of wisdom, what principles are there that we can praise and build up from faith. And one commentator was really helpful with this, and she was saying in, all the, the Jew, in the Jewish culture, the way they use Proverbs 31 it's just to celebrate the little things in life that the women in their lives are doing well. All right? It's kind of like, a, she called it a Hebrew go-girl. <laughs> you know, you're, the, the excellent woman changes diapers. You can say this. You're an excellent woman. Or gets a promotion. Or is working hard outside of the home. Or gets married or, or lives well single. Or in light of Ruth, you have to say she's suffering well. An excellent woman. Suffer through cancer, suffering through loss, suffering through poverty. She comes out on the other side and says, I still trust Christ. You know, that, that's an excellent woman. And so I'm saying all this because I want to be really sensitive to the fact that we as Americans struggle to read wisdom literature because we want it to be true all the time, but it's not a checklist. You can't live like Proverbs 31 is a checklist. The excellent woman is faithful with the life that God has given her beginning with her faith. She fears the Lord, and you can see the fruit in her life, whether single or married or a widow. That, that's, that's why it's great that we have Ruth as an example, because there's different stages of life. So, let's pull out the main principle then and look at this. The main principle of Proverbs 31 of a godly woman is a woman who fears the Lord, which then applies to all of us. She's somebody to be praised. What, to do that, then, we have to ask, what in the world is the fear of the Lord? Because we don't talk like that. We want people to believe in Christ, trust the gospel. This is the New Testament language. We don't say, I want you to fear my God, because it's bad PR. <laughs> so why would I want to follow a God that I'm scared of? Why would I want a God in my life that I, I, he makes me anxious? But if you read the Old Testament, that's one of the main ways that basic belief in God is used, to fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. To 
trust God and live like he's real and he's active and he's somebody that you have to, to, be, to reckon with, to live your life in light of. Uh, to, to fear the Lord is to live like God's eyes are the only ones that matter. These are the ways the Bible talks about faith. You can look at it in some of the, the history. In Exodus 20, this is where the, the phrase, the fear of the Lord, is first used for God's people. It says, after the Ten Commandments are given, and it says, Now when all the people saw the thunder and the flashes of lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, the people were afraid and trembled. This is God come down to earth on a mountain. Everyone's terrified. And they said to Moses, You speak to us and we will listen, but do not let God speak to us because we're going to die. And then Moses said to the people, Do not fear, for God has come to test you, that the fear of him might be before you, that you may not sin. And the people stood far off while Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was. So you see the picture of faith? Moses fears the Lord. He goes towards the darkness. But everyone else, knowing their sin, they're, they're, they're walking away. Moses said, it is important that you know that God is a God of justice, that God is a God of holiness, and that he's powerful, and that he's somebody you have to respect. His eyes are the only ones that matters. Fear him. But fear him so that you may not sin. Not fear him to the point where you run completely away and never look at him again. It's, it's fear his wrath so that you run and trust his mercy. Right. I mean, the picture is, don't be so afraid of God that you don't want him near, but be so afraid of God that you are well aware of his power and his hatred of sin. Be so afraid of God's justice and power that you run to him for mercy and kindness. I mean, that's the way the Bible talks about it. So I want you to see to fear the Lord is a good thing. It's a way to describe a being in relationship with a person, a God, somebody who you can uh, anger. But a God is just an idea, not a person. It's not, as, it's not scary to be... It, you don't get afraid of principles. You get afraid of people. Right? And so listen to the way... The Psalms talk about the fear of the Lord, that it's a good thing. For all those who fear God, you have the abundance of God's steadfast love. That's Psalm 5. You get to come into his presence. Uh, Psalm 25 will tell you, you get to be God's friend if you fear the Lord. The friendship of God is for those who fear him, who know God through his covenant. The fear of the Lord is the way to get all of God's goodness. His goodness is stored up for those who fear him. Psalm 34 will tell you that God protects those who fear him. And so don't run away or you're going to miss out on his protection. Or Psalm 22, it says all those who fear him are going to be led to praise. So being afraid of God is actually going to get you to praise his name. And so you're starting to see the picture. A woman who fears the Lord is someone who understands the grace of God, who says, I believe that God exists. I know he's real, and I'm going to live my life in light of his holiness and his love. And I'm going to run to him because with him is the only safe place, because he's a God of mercy. 
Right? So Proverbs 31 is a work of art. It's a, it's a poem. But if you try and live this kind of life without the fear of the Lord, you'll be a nice person on the outside. But on the inside, you're going to be full of anxiety. Trying to live life in God's world without the God who made you. I mean, picture it like this. Try and live out the wisdom of Psalm 31 here uh, without the fear of the Lord. It's kind of like picturing, picture a deaf man coming into a room and seeing somebody with headphones on just singing and dancing to the, to the bee, right? He's bopping his head. He's, it's just a great song. A person who's deaf can't hear the music, but they can watch the moves, the dance moves, especially if it's repetitive, and say, I can, I can do that. And that's something I can do. I can, I can stand next to them. I can do what they do. I can imitate what they, what they do. And so if you picture you've got somebody hearing the music, hearing God's voice, you've got somebody who can't hear the music, but they're both doing the same thing. And then you walk into the room. How can you tell which is which? I mean, trying to live out Proverbs 31 without hearing the music of the gospel, without hearing God's voice. I mean, you may look good on the outside, but you're not going to have, you're not going to have the courage. You're not going to have the inner wholeness when, to hear everything that God says. It's going to be like a deaf person, just, just imitating the moves because it seems wise without having the power to sustain it. Because really, without the fear of the Lord, you should hate this, this passage. You say, it's great, I want to love the people around me well. That's a good principle to pull out and and to work into your life. But to hold all of it up at once, it's going to be crushing. So with all that, You've got to ask then, where is this excellent woman who fears the Lord? Because you've got to pull it out of, pull it, pull back. You can't just read it and, and say, this is about me. You've got to pull back and see the whole Old Testament context and how this starts. An excellent woman, she's hard to find. Where can I find her? She's, she's priceless. She's valuable. This is the kind of woman you want to pursue. But where are you going to find her? We're going to find a woman who fears God consistently, who, who's afraid of God, but yet runs to him for safety at all times. I mean, in the Old Testament, you're going to find glimpses of great women. Uh, Ruth, because we've talked about her a lot. You can find Deborah, who takes charge and leads God's people into battle. Uh, Sarah, Abraham's wife, or Rahab, who took the, the risk of faith, or Esther, who risked her life for the sake of God's people. But if you pull all the way back, you're not going to find a woman who lives up to this standard. And in fact, as you read the prophets, you're going to find that the whole nation itself is falling apart because they do not fear the Lord. They fear his, his wrath, but they do not want to run to him. They don't want to listen to his voice. They don't see wisdom in, in his teaching. Read Isaiah, read Jeremiah, read Ezekiel. It's one giant lawsuit against God's people, male and female, who have all fallen short of the glory of God. They might know what a worthy woman looks like in principle. They have no idea how to live it out in reality. Families are falling apart. 
Fathers and mothers are ignoring their children. Foreigners are abused. The poor are ignored. Isaiah 5, I looked for justice and all I found was violence. You read Proverbs 31 in the Old Testament context, it's humbling. It's saying, where is this excellent woman? Where will you find her? Even Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, (laughs) failed miserably because he didn't find one. He sought after a whole pile of them, 700 wives and 300 girlfriends. It ruined his life that the love of women... It became an idol. And so that gets to the point where God has to promise and say, the fear of the Lord is something that these people cannot do on their own, that we cannot do on our own. And he sends this promise in Jeremiah 32. This is just one place. Jeremiah chapter 32, where God says, I'll read verse 38. It says, This one day in the future they shall be my people, and I will be their God. I will give them one heart, and one way that they may fear me forever, for their own good and the good of their children after them. I will make that with them an everlasting covenant, and I will not turn away from doing good to them. And I will put the fear of me, this is God speaking, I'm going to put the fear of me in their hearts so that they may not turn from me. And I will rejoice in doing them good, and I will plant them in this land in faithfulness with all my heart and with all my soul. I mean, did you hear it? Where is the excellent woman? Where are we going to find her? God says, one day in the future you will find her. I'm going to put the fear of me in the heart of man because they can't do it on their own. The promise is that one day in the future there will be a people who fear God, who don't run away, who will be recipients of all of God's goodness, all of his faithfulness, all of his steadfast love. It's a people who hear God's voice and we'll learn and, and, and learn from him. They'll, they'll hear the music of the gospel and act and dance and live wisely. So where do you find her? Well, in the book of Proverbs, it's chapter 8. All right. there, there is no woman that lives up to the Proverbs 31 standard other than this, this woman who's pictured as wisdom. And I want you to see the connection here. Because it's in verse, in chapter 31, it says, An excellent woman, who can find her? She's more, far more precious than jewels. Right? And then in Proverbs 8, in verse 11, it says, Wisdom, pictured as a woman, is far more precious than jewels. She fears the Lord. She does right. Um, she's, she's a life lived well. She hates evil. I mean, Proverbs 8.1, does not wisdom call, does not understanding raise her voice? You see in this, wisdom is a, is a woman. She stands at the gates and cries aloud, to you, O men, I call, my cry is to the children of men. Come and learn prudence, O fools, learn sense. <laughs> and you can read this whole chapter on your own, but you get this picture that wisdom is a woman. Right? But there's, there's more to this woman. She's eternal. So you read in verse 22 of chapter 8, it says that the Lord possessed me, this woman, at the beginning of his work. The first of his acts of old, ages ago I was set up at the first, before the beginning of the earth. 
No, when there were no depths, I was brought forth, where there were no springs abounding with water. Before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth, that you have wisdom being with God before creation and during creation. So you get to verse 30 and 31. This excellent woman, wisdom, is with God. It says, I was beside him like a master workman, and I was daily God's delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in God's inhabited world, delighting in God's creation, the children of men. So I want follow the train of thought here that wisdom, according to Proverbs, is pictured as a woman and she's godly, she's delighted in by God. It's somebody that, she's somebody that God rejoices in, just thrilled to have her by his side. She's been his praise, his joy, his delight, even at creation, even before creation. You're seeing you can't measure up, women. <laughs> she delighted in all that God made. She enjoys all of God's gifts, caring for God's children. Now, I know this is poetic, but I want you to see what, what the New Testament does with this worthy woman. It's described in the Gospel of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. That John, when he wrote this, he had Proverbs 8 in mind. In the beginning was wisdom, and wisdom was with God, and wisdom was God. Without wisdom, nothing was made. And in wisdom was life, and life was the light of man. And wisdom became a person and dwelled among us. We saw him, Jesus. And so you stop and think deeply about what Proverbs 31 woman is like. She's submissive. She's faithful. She fears the Lord. She's compassionate. She cares about others. She's not afraid of the future. She lasts at the time to come. She has wisdom to share with others. She's somebody you want to learn from. She's morally, she's a strong woman. She lives for others. I mean, this is the kind of person we want to see lived out in the flesh. And the Bible says, you're not going to find that woman here on earth. You have to look to Jesus. I know that's weird because we're switching genders here. <laughs> But it's poetry. Right. And so what wisdom come in the flesh, lived out as a person, looks like, what Jesus did for you, for all of us, whether male or female, is he lived the perfect life. He feared the Lord perfectly, lived a life of wisdom in light of all the hardships of, of human life, as God rejoiced in him. And so that's what I want you, to, want you to see, that Jesus is wisdom as a person. And when he came down from heaven to earth to, to save us, he did it, well, to restore what we lost in Proverbs chapter 8, where God delighting in his creation, in, in women, in men, delighting in you, delighting in me, Wisdom doing God's work. I mean, this is the picture of the gospel, that God delights in his son, Jesus, wisdom. And Jesus lived the perfect life so that God might delight in you. And so that he might then rejoice and celebrate the work that you do in faithfulness. 
And this is what you need to, to hear as you read Proverbs 31. You cannot live up to these standards unless you live out of the fear of the Lord, out of the gospel, out of the fact that God praises you. He calls you an excellent woman before you've ever done anything right. If you, if you reverse the order, it's going to be crushing. I mean, the picture of the church, it's called, we're a woman. And the picture is that Jesus lived the perfect life. He gave us the gift of grace so that we might learn wisdom and do the right thing and God would praise us. And that God really does. He, he praises you when you live out a life of wisdom. I, mean, I picture... Picture like a father and a child. I think of my daughter, Talitha. We, we celebrate when she does things well. Talitha, I want you to take this bowl and put it in the sink. <laughs> it's, it's learning obedience. But when she takes that bowl and waddles up to the sink and flips it in there, <laughs> right, we celebrate. You know, we cheer for her because we're trying to teach her. And, and, and she's not doing anything other than her responsibility but we still celebrate like she's done something amazing. This is the world the gospel brings you into. Right, an excellent woman, I'm going to praise you as you learn to follow me, as you learn to be faithful in the places where I put you. And so in conclusion, I mean, this is a big overview because a lot of this is self-explanatory. I mean, this is wisdom. The godly woman is someone who's learned to, to be loved by God and then take that love into the community where God has put them, in the household, in the church, in the neighborhood. Wisdom is a life lived well in light of the gospel of, of Christ. Are there good things to imitate here and to put to work? Absolutely. All right. Having food, I mean, just, just living life in the mundane of, of caring for your household and doing things well, you need to do that knowing that God delights in those things. We tend to think of godliness being so spiritual. Proverbs bring it, brings it down and says, well, get your, get your hands in the dirt. Get your hands in the lives of your neighbors. That, that's what godliness looks like. Enjoy his gifts. Enjoy being alive. Enjoy, out of the fear of the Lord, the, the people that he's put around you. Because the beauty of wisdom is this. We are shown a God who has immense delight and children, and his people. And so we're called to, to live like him, to enjoy the people around us. That's, that's wisdom lived out. We get to join in that dance through faith in Jesus. I mean, you get to hear the freeing words, you are an excellent woman, <laughs> before you do anything in Christ. That's, that's the music, that's the voice you need to hear. Say, yeah, God is a God of holiness. I need to fear him to the point where I don't want to sin. But you need to run to him for mercy. And out of that dance comes a life lived well. How does the gospel change women? God, through faith in Christ, takes away the burden of perfection and says, now love your God and love your neighbor. For Ruth, you know what that looked like? Binding herself to her mother-in-law, saying, I'm not going to let you die alone. For you, that might look differently. For the single mom, it's going to mean you work really hard to do what you can for your kids. 
I mean, if you, the hard part is when you read this, it pictures a woman who's great outside the home, who's great in home. She apparently can be a family person and a business person at the same time. That's not how you're supposed to see this. These are just isolated snapshots celebrating wisdom lived well in a, in a woman's life. The principle is fear the Lord and then live by faith to hear him say to you, you are excellent because of Jesus' work, wisdom's work on your behalf. So hear Jesus' words. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So go and learn what that means. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we thank you that as we learn about this worthy woman, uh, that you took that obligation upon yourself as well. <laughs> so we thank you for the gift of grace lived out in Jesus. We thank you that Jesus shows us what wisdom looks like. And I pray for, for us as a church, as men and women, uh, that you would make us a people who want to hear your voice, who fear your name, um, who out of fear want to run to you for refuge, and that we would be a people then that the world looks to as an example of how well we love one another and our neighbors. So make us a people of wisdom for your, the, the glory of your Son, Jesus. In his name we pray, amen.